A long time ago, I, I used to be an alcoholic. I would drift from city to city, from bar to bar. You could say from one drink to the next. My only living family member within a 200-mile radius was, well, it was my mother I had back in my hometown. She was in the home. My sister put her there. I could have gone and visited her, but I, I just didn't care enough, I guess. The taste of booze was much more important to me, sadly. I went to this one bar one time, way in the outskirts of anywhere. It was a a grungy slash goth sort of bar, so everyone wore some kind of strange leather. Pretty common in the area. To the outside world, um, it was where all the weirdo and outcast lurked, where no one in their right mind would want to hang. But to me, oh man, to me that place was precious. It was one of the last bars I hadn't been kicked out of yet. I used that to my full potential. Once I stepped in there the first time that night, I went straight to the bar and down a couple. I looked around. Each person was weirder than the next. Most of them were staring at me like I was an unwelcome Martian. Well, to be fair, <laughs> I wasn't wearing very proper attire for the bar. A stained flannel and a dirty pair of brown pants. I was a, a lumberjack in a sea of misfits, if that paints the right picture. The drinking bar at which I now sat was the direct center of the place, which I thought was pretty cool. It was like the whole joint had a heart. It was also circular, so you could see the people from the side and the cross from you in the wheel. I guess that's when I saw Lydia for the first time. She was at two o'clock in the wheel, position-wise. She was the only other lady in this joint that was not covered head-to-toe in leather. She sat alone, looking around in the strange environment like I was. I guess I saw a certain purity emitting from her. Her hair was like an electric blue, clipped into a pixie cut. I wasn't shit-faced yet. But I had enough confidence to wander over, so I did. I introduced myself, and so did she. But by her hesitance and quietness, I could tell she was an introvert. I asked her if she was here with anyone. She said she was not. We talked for the next hour. She never opened up once. Not even once. But I wasn't giving up. She was just too damn beautiful radiant. I eventually asked her if she wanted to take a walk. She looked a little concerned, which I suppose I can understand. And even though I didn't expect her to, she went along with me anyway. We left the place and went down the sidewalk. The streets were well lit and plenty of people were out of their porches, smoking joints, drinking. I made sure we stayed in that general facility just so she didn't get uncomfortable. In the brightness of that sector, that's when I noticed the bruise on her neck, clearly a handprint. I didn't ask her about it, but I could tell there might be a reason she was so quiet. 
and soon she she took me to to a small apartment complex she unlocked the door took me up the stairs and led me into her room it was it was small and very cluttered and busy i guess the busyness made it feel even smaller there were clothes all around the place and actually a shattered coffee pot on the floor anyway we sat on her bed and started talking i could tell she may have had a drink too many at the bar but she started talking about this guy she lived with i asked her if she if he was like a, a boyfriend a, a husband she said not to me he's not end of quote I didn't really know what to think about that. But about five minutes later, she stuck her tongue down my throat. I guess, I guess she thought it was the right moment, but it was completely not. It was totally off. I pushed her off of me. Not a moment later, she, she, she was sobbing on the bed. And I wasn't prepared for a situation like this. Who could be? Well, the only thing I thought to do was embrace her so that's what I did we held each other for about half an hour and soon her sobbing subsided she started whispering to me about her loneliness and how long it's been since she's felt safe and loved how the man she's living with is not a real man she was she was cryptic but I understood then a few moments later, she fell asleep on me. I laid her down on the bed. I hate to admit it, but I watched her there for a long time. She looked so, so innocent. Then I looked around at the trash hole around her. There was no correlation. I, I, I was under the impression that being in this place, it, it, it wasn't her choice at all. I didn't leave the apartment that night. I guess I just got the hunch that at any moment her lover, quotes, of course, could come through that door and put another handprint on her body. She slept for about three hours. I walked around the apartment. I won't lie about that. I walked over to the broken coffee pot. Seems like it was tossed right at the fridge and then crushed onto the floor. I could only imagine what things happening in this home. God. That's where that's where I found the photo album. It was right there next to the coffee pot. I opened it and flipped through it. It was like like a story. It began with two teenagers a boy and a girl, the girl being Lydia, of course, at this time, a brunette. They grew up together. They didn't know much about the world. They didn't go anywhere without each other. That was the most important thing about them. And one day, one day they got married. A few years later, a baby entered their albums. They loved that baby every day. And nothing could change that. That baby evolved into a five-year-old kid through the pages. He went through preschool, played on the baseball team, and even built a treehouse with his father. 
that baby must have been must have been the happiest I thought to myself but then the kid stopped appearing in the book and the man and the wife started looking less cheerful soon you could see bruises on the woman's arms legs one time she turned up with a black eye after a while the wind burst her hair off and dyed it electric blue she seemed almost proud of it like like it would somehow soothe her circumstances <laughs> then the photo book ended but things things were clear I put the book down where I found it and sat on the bed she woke up a little while later she was she was sober she was back to herself and she asked me what had happened between us I said that nothing had she asked if she told me anything and I told her I told her no you, you didn't tell me anything but something in my voice confirmed that she had she told me she didn't care that at least someone finally knew I told her she could trust me she could say anything to me so we talked for another hour about life about actions actions and, and consequences she told me that her husband was a drifter just <laughs> just like me and that he'd leave for days at a time and explore bars and get shit-faced and I won't lie in, in that moment Uh, something hit me square in the conscious she eventually came out to me about everything and I promised myself I would never tell anyone what she told me and you're not getting it out of me here or anywhere or ever the only way in hell I tell a soul is if they had a gun in my mouth and even then I'd hold back We figured it was time for me to leave. She led me outside on the sidewalk. She, we, we shook hands and I asked her if she was going to be okay. She said to me that a couple of months ago, she, she wasn't sure what to answer to this question. But now today, this very night, she thinks she's got a chance. Jesus, that's what always stuck with me the most. Then I began to walk off. I, I, I looked behind me once I reached the end of the sidewalk. She was still watching me. Then she smiled. She looked like an angel in the moonlight. I smiled too. And then I, I left. And never saw Lydia again. The first thing I did the next morning was burn all my alcohol in the fire pit behind my house and visit my dying mother. The whole time, the whole time, I was thinking of that girl with the electric blue hair. She's never left my memory.